Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast, where we are dedicated to giving you something that is going to be useful for you in the first five minutes. Hey, so what are you going to eat this week? Lots of stuff. <laughs> I, when I was pregnant, I had to eat, I was pregnant with the twins and I had to eat every two hours. And I thought when I was done with that, like you think it sounds fun, but it is not. Like I was like ready to never eat again after having to just make the decision every two hours. Right. Of Peanut butter crackers or whatever it was. Yeah. And my, you know, right now with having all these people at home and trying to fix meals and you're wondering what what am I going to cook? What's for dinner today? What's for lunch? What's for breakfast? And in my house, at any given time, there are 10 people to feed. My husband will literally text me at 4.30. I can I can put my watch at 4.30. Yes, you can. What What are we having for dinner? It's just like it, it comes to him and we have to decide. Right then, right then. So I was thinking one of the best things that you can do is to pick three meals a week. Those are the ones that you kind of plan out. And there's some great delivery meal services available now. Uh, or you can always do something that you plan yourself, of course. And in my house, I'm making enough for leftovers. I would like to eat those leftovers because you are a great cook. So you don't have to like plan out every single meal no. and every bite you eat the entire week. Not at all. Three meals. Just think of it as three meals. And think of things that you can cook in bulk. So mm -hmm. and if I know that I'm going to do grilled chicken breast, mm -hmm. I'm going to cook a few extra because I can do chicken salad for lunch at the next one. So think of things that you can cook and use in different ways. And I know that I get overwhelmed when I'm thinking, okay, well, I've got to plan out three meals, but it doesn't have to be like a 10 course meal. So you can just like have snacks or just run with it. That's right. Unpredictability of life, especially if you have kids that are in sports or you're taking them anywhere, mother's morning out, all those things. Yeah. So you can make a really nice meal for one of them and just go back to the basics. Like how many food groups can I get in here? Crackers, cheese, and maybe a veggie. <laughs> Wait, are crackers a food group? <laughs> Yes, it is okay. absolutely okay. a food group. Give me a second. I'll think about it. Um, but, I like the cheese food group. I thought that's one of my favorites. Of food but all right, everybody listening. Yes. Use frozen vegetables when you're cooking your meals. They're less salt. They're easy. They have all kinds of, of different choices. Well, and you can season it to taste. So that's you right. can use all of the great things, you know, those different seasonings. I know you put them together magically. I need the ones that are like already mixed together, like Montreal seasonings. I'm like, let's taste Montreal. Sprinkle it on and roast that it. Like. That's yeah. right. And they have frozen vegetables, everything from chopped onions to butternut squash. Mm. So, hey, if you live on cheese and crackers one one week, it's okay. And you, And guess what? Head over to the drive-thru occasionally too. Yeah, you've got this. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. We're really getting kind of serious because, you know, Jennifer, I really 
and you know me so well. How many Wait, years? What's your name? Oh, that's right. You're supposed to remind me every single episode. You know? I do know you. Yes, we've met. <laughs> yes. I mean, we know the good and the bad about each other. And you know mm. that one of the things that I really struggle with is, is being enough. And mm. that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm. And if there's anyone like human being who's ever worked harder in their lives, I mean, I am always amazed. And it's so funny because that's how we feel about our friends. Like we'll right. say those things to ourselves, but I never look at another woman and think, yeah, you're not enough. <laughs> you're not enough <laughs> like, ever. Like I would never say that to, or think it. Yeah, you're so right. Like we really do. We we reflect that somehow um, only to our own hearts. So right. um, on was, ourselves, and, yes. and and I think even dads to some extent as oh, well. Sure. I think I think we're always questioning and wondering. You know, are we doing mm-hmm. it right? I'm comparing to the next door neighbor and the other mom and my best friend who just seems like, you know, Jennifer Walker, who seems like she so has it all together. Because <laughs> I make the jokes. <laughs> That's the smokescreen <laughs> in nursing school. I used to always make the joke. Like we had these mannequins. And um, so we'd have to practice on them. Like we practice starting IVs on mannequins and doing all kinds of stuff. And I just would always pretend like I was a mannequin. And my friends would be so nervous and they'd be going to touch that on arm and, you know, get the IV and I'd be like, don't touch me there. <laughs> oh, stop it. Hey, it works. Oh, it, it works. Does. And, it's such a great coping mechanism. But as you, you well know, know, no, none of us have it all together. Nobody, uh, not, not and, one and, and nor should we. Right. And I, and I do think that I know for me, I'm sometimes guilty of like watching other people too and kind of rolling my eyes like, I can't, I so can't believe she's wearing that, you know? <laughs> That's I mean, what the internet did. It was like, <laughs> I don't want to see your food for dinner. Like you just like go on judgment mode as you go through all these pictures one right. after the other. And it just gives you this, what we call comparison fatigue. It Ooh. really does. And I think a direct result of comparison fatigue is that we begin to internalize a expectation that was we were never meant to live up to. Oh. That is so, that's true. And I think that's, that's probably the difference from when we started Mom's On Call to today is really watching how mm-hmm. that has just grew at, in bounds that I don't think any of us could have really been prepared for 18, yeah. 20 years ago. One of the things I know so many of the um, parents that have talked to us they say they're listening to this in the middle of the night while they're doing middle of the night feedings. Yes. And I was thinking about this the other day when we started, we were like, hey, we need to be on QVC. Like we want the 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. time slot. Right. Like, <laughs> like that's when that our people slot. are awake. Right. That is so, that is so true. That, yes. you know, that Luther, Luther Vandross voice that you do would really <laughs> come in handy. Sometimes I get down into the low registers and... Just try and have this soothing voice. Um, But if you are listening in the middle of the night and um, you are feeding a baby, one of the things that we did think about was what would we want a seasoned mom to say to you in the middle of the night to ensure that you were enough when you barely have any light on and you're doing your mom's on-call feeding with little stimulation, but looking at that angel and loving them and loving their little nose and their features and oh, also the way being they smell. Yes. 
and being so frustrated at the same time. Like, I love you so much and I need to sleep so bad. (laughs) We know that some of you are sitting in that chair rocking a baby who may not be going back down as easily as the book says they're supposed to. (laughs) Yes. If you're up tonight with us, then we'd like to ensure that you know a couple of things. Number one, this does not last forever. It feels like it is forever that you will never sleep again. That is a lie. You will sleep again. This isn't forever. It's okay to both be thrilled and want to have that time with your baby in the middle of the night and be frustrated and want the sleep that you require. And it's just this dichotomy that happens that's a part of parenting and it's normal and it's okay. And it will not be forever. The sun will come up. We'll have another day tomorrow. And tomorrow night will be better. And then we'll have another night. And you'll be listening to us on the next podcast. And, (laughs) you know, but we're going to be right there with you. And you are enough and you're not alone. And so, Jennifer, you know, one of the things that I always thought was so great about our friendship is how great you are at reminding me that I am enough. And, you know, but where did it start? Who told us the lie that we aren't enough? As moms and and even some dads, where is that voice coming from? Mm, That's good. Who ever told you you can't? Who told mm. you you can't? A friend of mine, um, Mark, if you're listening, uh, the way he always put it was, who should on you? Like, you should do this and you should do that. <laughs> Somebody should on you. And um, yeah, so I think those expectations come from so many different places. Um, but it's easy to encourage because, um, you know, I just tell the truth when I look at you. And you are enough. And the other moms that I see and meet and all the ones that we've had the privilege of partnering with, like just when you go into the home, these people feel like they could be your friend. And so many of them have turned into friends over the years. Yeah. And um, and when you get to do like baby three, baby number five, (laughs) they do. And you just have the privilege of telling the truth. But I think it comes both internally and externally. I think it comes from perception. Well, and I think with the external, all the social media, you know, and, and we are, we our business runs a lot on social media. and Because we're going to use it and harness it for good. That's right. We're going <laughs> to use it and harness it. That's right. We're going to do our best to it's do a that. power but, for good. Yes. But you... And it has I an ugly both, side. Yeah. It has an ugly side from comments. You know, I mean, I have had people straight up tell me that I was absolutely horrible for having my kids on any sort of routine or recommending that a routine is is even feasible on children. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, how dare you not breastfeed your fifth kid? How dare you not do that? And well, yeah, but that I think that's the voice they talk to themselves. I see this even in oftentimes in like coaching situations, and you're like, this is this how you speak to yourself? And as a Christian woman, I'd always I'll often be like, like, is that the reflection of the voice of God that you hear? Is it like a Ooh. taskmaster that is never satisfied? Or is it 
like loving, like the, you know, the conviction is one thing. Like we don't do everything right. That <laughs> we have to admit that, right? Hello. But you know, even like with my kids, if we could reflect that to ourselves, that voice, like what is that voice that you hear? So when people say that to you, when you say that, and we've read those things together. We've read them and we've I tried. We try to not think, read them, <laughs> right? <laughs> Delete, but. Um, because it's hard not to let it get to you, but it I is. often think like that's the voice that this person speaks to themselves with. Oh. That's why it's reflected onto us. And what can we do to soften how that woman, that man feels about what's happening in their own home? Like this isn't oh. necessarily about what not we're doing us. right or wrong. Right. That voice is what kind of speaks the loudest. And I don't want anybody to be at the mercy of only that negative voice that comes in and says, and it could have been a parent that you had. The lies that have been spoken over you Mm -hmm. by even loved ones or, you know, bullies or whoever. Um, And to be able to have another voice. We would like to be that other voice that says that you are good and smart and kind and you're going to figure this out, but you're not perfect. And that's okay. And actually, it works to your advantage. So, you know, we want to embrace the things that we do wrong. We want to, you know, do better. And I'm going to tell you, it's this situation. Let me tell you. Let me give you a great example. I'm chubby. I know you can't see me up on the podcast. (laughs) If y'all see me, I am a chubby girl. And so all my life, people told me I couldn't be chubby and love my body. Like, that is not a thing, apparently. And so I thought... I am motivated by what I am told I cannot do. <laughs> yes, you are. So I do love this spot. I like, I feel so pretty and it just weirds people out so much. I have nine swimsuits. Like I'm just out there. You and are beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Um, and I got to a point where I was just like, look, Lord, if you can use me fat, like leave me fat. I'm good with that. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't want to waste any more energy trying to hate myself into dieting. Right. And, um, and, you know, being healthy. Yes, I'm absolutely healthy. And I work out on the treadmill and I, you know, do the stuff to keep myself healthy. But, um, but yeah, I think it's a very similar thing. You cannot hate, can you hate yourself into change? Right. And that's, I think that's, that's huge because that's where it comes from. I mean, when you hear the negative and that's what you're going by and, and that's the only thing that you're focusing on then then that voice, it can get loud and it takes other people counteracting that voice so that we can can move forward and, and see the way that God made us, you know, and and be happy where we are, maybe not all the time, but knowing that that we are enough and we're exactly who we were made to be. And so, all right, so we're going to leave you guys with this today. Because when you see yourself that way, it gives you permission to see other people that way. And you find that graciousness is contagious. I love that. All right. right. What are we going to do in a world with so many differing options and opinions? You are enough. You, the one who is nursing and has chosen to nurse exclusively, you are doing a great job. You, the one who has only done formula from day one, you're doing an amazing job. Mom, dad, caregiver, foster parent. There are so many of you out there. You, who had to go back to work today, 
what an inspiration you are. You who has washed. Okay, let's be real here. Rewashed for the third time because it soured the fifth load of laundry. You are incredible. You that has had that sleeping baby since they were 10 weeks old. Yay! You've got this. You that may be still feeding three times at night. You are a great mom. You who has no routine, your spontaneity is a gem. You who has a list with the details down to the second. You are a type A mom's dream. That's me. That is Laura. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> Let's stop thinking that if we choose one way or another way, then that way or the other way is a measure of how great we are as parents. Your child's behavior is not an indication of your self-worth. So let's stop thinking that our way is the only way and agree that we can be amazing examples to each other and to our kids of what it means to be truly compassionate, loving, giving, kind, and understanding, starting with ourselves. Could you be truly compassionate? Love. I'm so challenged by this. Loving, giving, kind, and understanding to yourself in spite of the differences that you might see in somebody else. Because when you can, I think that it just is a game changer. And if you're still awake in the middle of the night, no matter what circumstances that you have, Laura and I would both like to reassure you, you are going to have enough and be enough no matter what you've been given. We love to answer your questions. We've been doing it for over 25 years. And today, we're going to address your specific concerns. So ask us anything. Hi there, my name is Anna Lee. I'm from Wichita, Georgia. I have a three-month-old, and we have been breast and bottle feeding her, um, doing both back and forth. Uh, Whenever I'm breastfeeding, it seems to take her close to 30, sometimes even 40 minutes, to finish the feed, and uh, she definitely seems like she's hungry and wants to continue eating. And I know for the book, I'll recommend no longer than 20 minutes for a child that age. Um, she is gaining weight, and the doctor said she's gaining about a half an ounce per day based on the charts, and they really would like her to be gaining an ounce per day. And so I stopped kind of cutting her off at that 15, 20-minute mark and just letting her continue to eat. And I just was wondering what y'all's thoughts were about that and uh, if it's better if I add in an extra feeding and keep the feeds down to 15 or 20 minutes. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks so much for calling today. So, of course, we need a lot more information, but generally, you know, up to 30 minutes max is perfectly fine. If it has taken much longer than that, then you want to get connected with a consultant just to help navigate, maybe adding in a little supplement or adding in another feeding uh, somewhere on in, in there during the day to try and, and get those ounces up. It's not unusual after eight weeks of age to kind of see a decrease in that daily weight gain. We're still looking for what, Jennifer, about five ounces average a week. So if we can get to about five ounces 
average a week, then we're good. Um, but definitely nursing, you know, taking the full 30 minutes to nurse is perfectly fine. 20 minutes is just kind of typical of what we see. Well, and I think the short answer to that question is let's make sure your supply. We're always about safety first. Let's do everything that we can to make sure that your supply is up. And a great way to do that is two things. You can weigh the baby before and after if you have a really great scale. You know, they, you can run out and get one of those baby scales that they have. They never had those when Laura and I were younger. We had to, like, go to the post office and put our <laughs> <laughs> well, I can now ship you for $7.99, so we're getting really good. But um, So you can do a scale before and after. And then the other thing is that you can pump for a feeding and see how much you get in that pumping. But remember that the pump is less effective than the baby. So add about a half an ounce onto whatever you get in the pump, and you'll know how many ounces you're getting and, um, and that's what we want to do. We want to make everything as efficient as possible. The thing is, if we go much over 30 minutes, they begin to burn more calories than they're taking in. And so, you know, we just want to make sure that everything's working absolutely beautifully as we can make it. And another point here, um, as we wrap this question up, Annalie, is with breastfeeding, sometimes it's not your will that determines your success. It's your body and your baby. So let's also make sure that we're getting a lot of that um, breast tissue in the baby's mouth and um, that we're not having any other, you know, issues as far as the baby's mouth. Next pediatrician visit, go take a look in there. And that's just a great start. All right, we are taking questions from our Instagram. So when you guys send questions in there, there is a chance that they are going to show up right here on this podcast. So um, today's question is pretty simple, and it is, Laura, how do I adjust the daytime schedule to stay out later with my baby? Oh, I love that question because we never, ever want the routines to keep you so confined and isolated that you never leave your house. But as everybody that does Moms on Call knows, that evening time is just so special to us. It is just the sweetest time ever. But that never means that you can't go out with some friends and, and stay out a little bit later. So what we recommend is stay on track, stay on the routine. No need to adjust the daytime schedule. When wherever you are in the evening, Go ahead and feed that bedtime feeding. If you're at your friend's house and it is seven o'clock and that's the bedtime feeding, feed that feeding there. Let that little one hang out. Maybe they'll go down for a, a nap somewhere or maybe they're just going to hang out and watch all the people. Then whenever you get home, whatever time that is, wash their face, clean their bottom, put their PJs on top them off a little bit and get them to bed. I love it. It's simple and it allows you to be out, on, especially here in the summer in Georgia. There is so many fun and wonderful things to do. My name is Carolyn. I'm from outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I have a two-year-old and uh, an almost three-month-old. Lately, the two-year-old has really been having trouble with meals and the routine of, you know, getting in his chair at the table, sitting down and, and eating the meal. He was previously, you know, a pretty good eater, would pretty much try anything and everything, sometimes eat it, sometimes not. 
but was never very emotional about the meal. Now we're having tears, um, telling us he's not ready to eat, doesn't want to eat, doesn't want what's on the plate. So we say, okay, that's all right. Well, you know, the meal's over. We'll do something else. We take the meal away, but then he screams that he wants the meal back. Um, we do have a three-month-old at home, so it could be related to that. Um, I do notice that he's definitely sticking his hands in his mouth a lot and drooling, so there's some molars coming in maybe. But it's been going on a week now of this, and um, just wondering what are your tips for you know, kind of coming through this this stage with mealtime and the and the routine. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for sending in your question all the way up there in Pennsylvania, which I understand is the home of the Hershey's factory. So I, I think people are pretty happy up that way. Um, and yes, this happens with toddlers. So the first thing I want to do is reassure your mama heart: this is not forever. It's really normal for them to kind of get into these little times where they want to express their um, own uh, free will. And it's a really normal thing. It's part of growth and development. And a lot of times they just want to be able to say no. And then they get hungry. They're <laughs> like, wait, why did I do that? And it just becomes this power play. Um, so you are doing a great job when you say, you know, he says no, and you go ahead and take the food away. Then he has second thoughts about that. And here's really where we can, you know, try and speak into his heart and into this situation. So you decide how this happens in your home. Like we have one chance at mealtime and you can either like it or not. And then we'll have another mealtime. You know, there's a meal around every corner here in our lives. So um, when we set the foundation of how it works, then we give them the security of that. So not only do we have to say this is how it works, but then we have to follow up and let that be how it works a couple times. And it feels kind of mean at first, but what actually it does is it sets this great foundation of security in their heart that, A, you're still in charge. And just because a baby is here and our schedule has, you know, changed a bit in a very natural and fantastic way, um, the primary boundary stones of life have not changed. So when he's pushing that food boundary stone, basically what he wants you to do is to set up a very clear way that this works and for it to work that way. So the fact that he can kind of push this at each mealtime is just going to escalate it. So if he says no at the beginning, you're doing great. And our advice is to just stay with that, stick with that. And when he comes back that second time, that you remind him at your house how this works. We get one chance really to sit down for a meal. And if you say no, we'll wait till the next meal. And I love you. And he won't be happy with that answer. But if you'll stick with it once or twice, what you're going to end up doing, <clears throat> excuse me, what you're going to end up doing is setting up a secure foundation of how this works that he can then adjust to and rest in that security that you are in charge. And things will resolve back to what you were enjoying before. And make sure that you know how his design is. So check out the Toddler by Design app. That's going to give you some really specifics for his design. And we always say, your job's to provide the food. It's, it's their, their job, job to, to eat, eat it. it. Or not. Right. <laughs> and sometimes they won't. And that is okay. We always love to leave you with some of the good stuff. 
And we always remind you that your kids are strong, adaptable, and resilient, and so are you. We're going to talk about one of Laura's very favorite people in the whole world today, Dr. Laverne Ford Wimberly, 82, retired principal, and she is Laura's hero. Laura, tell <laughs> yes, everybody why. So every Sunday for the last year, she has dressed in her Sunday best for church virtual church. (laughs) Yes. So she has had the most beautiful hats and outfits, but what was the best part is her smile. So she has posted every Sunday her outfit and hats to her social media at 82 years old. And the smile that she has has been incredible. (laughs) I love that. It's like one of the things that my grandmother told me was, um, And that is what other people think about you is less important than what you think about yourself. And that smile on her was just a reflection of what she felt about herself. And look, we spend a lot of time in some yoga pants and sometimes you don't get a shower. And this is what, you know, shampoo list, shampoo, dry shampoo. That's right. That's what it's for. When I'm on our Zoom calls, anytime that you see me on the moments, I smell good. I just want you to know that I have put on some delicious smelling perfume and I know it. (laughs) Hey, so you know what? Throw on the pretty hat, put on the outfit put on that smile. It'll make you feel better. And what other people think about you is much less important than what you think about yourself. So be confident. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit momsoncall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey.